Today on Locked On A's, we are joined by prospect expert Lindsey Crosby of Locked On Prospects. We're going to be talking about the Rule 5 draft. We're going to be talking about the A's farm system as it stands currently and also the 2023 draft. It is going to be a fun and exciting show. Let's get into it, you guys. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, United Baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, we are joined by, wait for it, Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects. Lindsey, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Hello, West Coast. I am a fan of you. Uh, your weather is phenomenal. Uh, every time I've been out there, I've loved it. And you have a, a ton of minor league baseball. It's fun. So I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Jason. No worries. Uh, it's always fun to learn a little bit more about uh, A's prospects other than like what you read and uh, glean from things that you read. So I'm happy to have you here. But uh, before we get into anything, thank you, everybody. Thank, thank everybody so much for making Locked on A's and Locked on MLB Prospects your first listen of the day. We are both free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where you can watch this, and we may also have a YouTube exclusive coming up for you guys at the end of the show. I'm going to be asking th this guy <laughs> over here uh, where he would trade Sean Murphy and which one prospect he would need in return in that trade package. That's a YouTube exclusive, so make sure to tune in on YouTube if you're not already. But let's get into today's episode, Lindsay, and I want to talk about the Ace Farm system as it sits you know, right now before the rule five draft before the 2023 draft what are your assessments of the a's just farm system in general where does it rank loosely among the farm systems in all of baseball so the farm system to me it's really interesting because it's got good really good strength with source pitching there's a ton of pitching options there are a ton of arms here uh not as strong in the middle infield you know, it's uh, shortstop, second base. I even group a little bit of third base, first base into that. Infielders in general. Uh, people, Some people will say that the system is strong with catching. The organization as a whole is strong with catching. I wouldn't necessarily say the minor leagues are strong with catching. Tower Solderstrom is expected to move to first base. Shailen Lears is technically still a prospect, but not really. And so you have a lot of catchers in the organization, but maybe not so much as far as pure prospects at catcher. Still a strength, but not uh, not of the of the farm system. Uh, as far as where it ranks in the different uh, the different organizations, I would probably have it somewhere. And this sounds like a cop out. I'd probably have it somewhere eighteen to twenty. Okay. Uh, and to me, it's it's something where the trades at the deadline, the trades last offseason, they really helped, uh, especially upper-level depth. Guys who are in AAA, guys who can compete, who have already made the big leagues, like Langoliers, like Awaldachuk, Luis Medina, things like that. Um, but I think that one more excellent draft could push this into a top-10 organization as long as you go out and target the right kind of guys. 
I like it. Um, wh which ace prospects are currently on your radar? You, you mentioned some of them coming over in trades. Who's on your radar currently? So one of the guys, and I actually, people who listen to Lock and MB Prospects will know from last week when we talked about Rookie of the Year, I mentioned this guy as a sleeper pick to get Rookie of the Year votes, but left-hand pitcher Ken Waldachuk. Uh, I am a big fan of the St. Mary's hurdler. One, I love funky lefties. He is the definition of funky. Uh, I, I mean, you give me three pitches that are at least average or better. I'd say the fastballs plus, the changeups above average, and then everything comes out of just a really unique delivery, really just kind of there's a ton of deception, ton of extension. And so the fastball velocity may not be like blow you blow you off the you know 94 95 isn't excessively high but one for a lefty it's pretty good he can touch 98 and then with the extension the tailing action on the fastball it really plays up especially when he throws it up in the zone and then playing that off of the slider at the bottom of the zone i i really like the combination there i know we got about seven games the era wasn't great yeah. uh, but didn't allow too many home runs, kept the walks. I think he had about, what, what 10 walks in those 34 or so innings. So big fan of Ken Waldachuk. I uh, think he could get Rookie of the Year votes next year, but it's going to have to be from the the newer voters who are aware of the analytics because, I'm, as I'm sure you've talked about, the win-loss record may not be fantastic next year. And so it's going to have to be based off of his individual prowess as far as uh, keeping traffic off the base pass and limiting home runs. I do have to mention real quick, though, Ken Waldachek has two wins in his big league career. Uh, one of those came against Jacob deGrom, and the other one came against Shohei Otani. So, yeah, Wild. He, he can battle with the best of them. Rookie of the year is basically solidified already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he's got, like, he th got thrown into the fire rather quickly. It's, mm. it's just so funny to think about May 15th, he faces off against Double A Altoona, and then, uh, you know, two two and a half months later, he's making his debut against Washington. Like it's it's just such a wild variance there between how it started and now how it's going. And not a lot of guys can handle that. And credit to him, credit to the St. Mary's University program for developing pitchers who are very advanced and and mentally prepared as well as physically prepared just to I be like able it. to get him to that point that quickly. Who else is standing out to you from the A system? Uh, it's not only from the minor leagues, but then from the Arizona Fall League as well. But Lawrence Butler. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was a fan of Lawrence Butler already. I think he's probably the best power hitter in this system. But especially kind of seeing what he did in the Fall League combined with the minors. The big thing for me, whenever you see a, a big power guy, something we always say on, on my show is your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. And when you look at Lawrence Butler and it's like he struck out 81 games, struck out 105 times. When you look at the stat, it's a little bit concerning as far as the amount of strikeouts, right? 30-something percent. But when you go and you look at why he struck out, it's, all, it's not poor swing decisions. He's not a hacker up there. It's very much mechanical and something that you can work on. He's got the long levers. And so when he lengthens his swing, like a lot of lefty power hitters do, trying to get that power, mm -hmm. he makes holes in there and his bat struggles to catch up to stuff, especially up, especially up in the strike zone. So it's things that are, that are correctable. It's not poor decisions and it's not over, like being overly aggressive. It, if anything, he's not aggressive enough at the plate. 
But knowing that it's a mechanical tweak versus a mindset and a behavior adjustment makes me feel good about the ability to make the fix. And then you look at, he had like 33 extra base hits in 80 games, still walked 40 times and can play, has played all three outfield positions. I think he's probably a corner outfielder and then obviously having first base as well. Mm -hmm. uh, all of that just gives a lot of versatility and it, it's hard not to like a guy like a Lawrence Butler. I actually think he won the sportsmanship award in the he NFL. Did. Yes. And he also, in the AFL, walked as many times as he struck out. I think it was 15 each, 13 each, somewhere in there. But, yeah, it seemed like he developed, or at least the stats were right there for him as to what you were saying there. Yeah, it's 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 definitely, if there were things to be concerned about, uh, he's answered a lot of the questions. And now we know that this is not an approach issue. This is not an aggressiveness issue. This is just a mechanical tweak. And that can be fixed in an offseason. And I think you saw him start to fix that in the Arizona Fall League. Because when he did get struck out, it was because the dude had really good stuff. It wasn't because swings and misses and holes in the swing. I like it. Uh, one guy that I am very intrigued by, and he's only played in rookie ball so far because he was the A's second-round draft pick in 2022 this season. Uh, that's Henry Boltz. He is a power-speed combo guy. I think he has a lot of upside, huge amounts of upside. I'm very intrigued by him. Um, he's also the A's number five overall uh, guy, in, in, according to MLB Pipeline prospect. That's the word I was looking for. The number five <laughs> overall prospect on MLB Pipeline. Um, so he's a he's a surefire Hall of Famer, but uh, let me know a little bit more about him. So what's great about Henry Bolt is tons of tools, right? So uh, power is plus power. Uh, his speed plus speed. His defense in center field plus defense. His arm, I'd give him a plus arm. And in center field, 6'3", 198, so he has good size. The question is going to be, if he continues to physically develop, uh, is he able to stick in center? I think he's going to be able to, just from what I've seen. He's looked very, very good, very athletic, very smooth. Looks like he should be able to stick in center, so not a question there. Okay. My question is about the contact tool, and there's a couple things in play here. So his bat speed's great, but... He also has some of those long levers, and so he gets swings and misses in the zone. Um, again, a thing I think you can fix over time, some mechanical adjustments. He was 18 years old. I mean, it's yeah. – uh, and, and some of the things you see from 18-year-olds, he already started to clean up a bit. A lot of, like, chasing breaking balls is something that you can get just about any teenager to do. He started to get better at that, uh, you know, pitch recognition, strike zone discipline, things like that. But it sets a little bit of orthodox – and, you know, the, the, the mechanics of the swing, both the length and the, the swing angle, things like that, a little bit of work to do. So I'm concerned about where the power tool is going to end up. Okay. Uh, and I think there's a potential that it may cap out at like average. But even then, that's the only thing that is not a plus tool. And so that's a guy where you have a very high floor because you can play defense and center field at a high level and that's a position where you can take a little bit less offense. I mean, he doesn't need to be a Christian Pache out there, but a yeah. little bit less offense. So if he ends up being only average with the hit tool, you've still got a high floor to sit on. But I do think the sky's the limit. And if you can figure that out, and if you can get that, that, uh, that hit tool to above average or plus, you're looking at a guy who's going to readily contend for all-star games and, and get MVP votes. Like that's the ceiling for a Henry Bolt. 
So surefire Hall of Famer is what I heard there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to talk about the Rule 5 draft here in just a second. But first, got to talk about Bet Online, And I got a fancy graphic for that. There we go. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer, there's the World Cup. That, that's a thing. The U.S. tied with Wales today, not the animal, the, the, the place. Uh, and they also got eSports, and they've got it all over at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and I'm guessing you do because you're listening to one currently, you can find those over at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline, my friends, that's where the game starts. And so with that, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, this is this has been very informative so far, but Lindsay, I've got more questions for you pertaining okay. to the Rule 5 draft. It's in a couple of weeks at the end of the winter meetings, and it is always very exciting to me. But for the A's, I think that we're looking for like a high pro, like a high ceiling kind of a guy, somebody who can also stick in the big league level. Uh, for the entirety of the season, because they they have to, or else we got to give them away. So, yeah. who who's in that realm? Who's a high upside guy that the A's can get? Uh, maybe they don't have the upper minors experience, but who can the A's get in the top two picks there, and then hopefully they stick around for the entirety of the season? So the number one guy that I've kind of been targeting in the Rule Five draft, a guy that I know for a fact is going to get taken by someone, is Antoine Kelly, the left-handed pitcher out of. Texas. Mm-hmm. So I uh, one incredibly tall. He's like six, 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 seven, something like that. Yeah. But uh fastball slider. And the thing there is very unusual angle and arm slot. So he's very tall. And then you combine that with the slot and the release point on all of that coming out of a lefty frame. It's just an unusual profile. So it's something where the fastball's got plenty of juice. The slider mm-hmm. has good break to it. And then again, when it comes from that height to that approach angle, and that the movement that he gets, the horizontal break that he gets on the slider, it makes it very tough for hitters to pick up. The issue and the reason he was not protected in the Rule 5 draft is he walks a lot of guys. 109 and two-thirds innings last year, 71 walks, which is a lot. He struck out a ton of guys, but there's control issues. And part of that comes from, and I feel like I said, I've been saying this a lot today, but he's got such long levers, the, the proception and kind of, Having control isn't a thing that happens a lot. Having control issues happens a lot to those really tall uh, mm-hmm. pitchers. And so if you can bring him in, I think he's somebody who, if you work it out, if you work the control out to even get it to average, he's a guy that profiles to me as a setup man or a closer, like a high leverage inning kind of guy. Right. But the question is, I mean, 71 walks and 192 thirds innings. Part of that was because he was throwing the slider more and working on the control, but it's still a little bit of an adventure whenever the ball comes out of his hand as far as where is it going. And so uh, the tools are so good, somebody's going to take him. And even if Oakland maybe necessarily doesn't want him, somebody picking behind them will, and you can always take him and trade him to them, and then they have to deal with keeping him rostered all year. You get to keep the prospect. I, I like that idea. I mean, I, we talked about this before the show, but that's how the A's got Mark Canna. They they, they let the Rockies pick him, and then they traded, uh, I think it was Adrian House was the guy's name. Um, he, I don't think he ever made the majors either, but uh, yeah, they, they traded a prospect for Mark Canna and got him, and 
He had a, a long career with the A's until they let him walk inside with the Mets. And now he is beloved in showing up on Good Morning America and judging pies. So uh, what a career path for Mark Ken, a former Rule 5 pick. <laughs> not, a, not, not the usual the way you script it out, but it, <laughs> it, if it works, it works, right? It, it did okay for him. Um, if you're the A's, who are you Who are you taking? I know that you said Antoine Kelly, but who are some other guys? They've, they've tended to go with position players, but I think that it makes sense for them to go with a pitcher this time around. Uh, they, yeah. and they've taken some guys. They've had some misses of late, but they've also had some hits. Uh, in recent years too. So who are you taking if you're the ace? Yeah. Position players are a little bit harder to, to carry on your roster the entire year. If they're not working out, you only have three or four bench spots. Whereas most teams have more guys in the bullpen. You can stash this guy away, throw him in a blowout. Not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and Diego Diaz is a relief pitcher for the Braves that was not protected. And somebody that I've had my eye on for quite a while. So power reliever, big body. I want to say he's like six, four, six, five, two fifty. So yeah. physical frame there. Uh, had a lot of success in the high minors. He was spent all, just about every all year last year in AAA. So plenty of experience there, uh, but too many walks as well. Walked about five and a half guys per nine innings. Uh, now, part of that was the Braves were asking him to work on specific things, but you could tell they never really got comfortable with with his success because they never called him up. The different injuries the Braves had needing, I mean, they went out and traded for relievers at the deadline. They never called him up to the big leagues. So he's close enough to the show where I think he can work out and he's talented enough where I don't think there's a lot of adjustments have to be made. Mm. He's just maybe not good enough to crack the bullpen of, you know, a top six, top eight team in baseball. That's something where you can't really afford to learn on the job. And that's why you see so many pitching prospects, high-level pitching prospects get traded from contenders because they may be just about ready. They're about to be a 40-man roster decision guy like a Ken Waldachuk, mm -hmm. but the, the contending team doesn't necessarily have room to let them learn on the job. So, Inigo Diaz, if I'm a Braves front office exec, I'm probably finding a way to squeeze him into the roster, uh, but they left him unprotected. That can be a guy that is close enough to the minors to the majors where Oakland can use him all season out of the bullpen with very little refinement needed. I like that. And you know, the A's are a bottom 29 or 30 team. So yeah, they, they've got some room for, <laughs> for, for, for guys that uh, need to have some time. And also they've had success in helping guys, you know, become better pitchers or just giving them the space to learn. And so that's kind of where we are right now. And you know, whatever, it's fine. Um, one guy that is a position player that for some reason I'm intrigued by, I know that he's had injuries and whatnot, and he hasn't played, I think he's played under 200 professional games, even though he's 27 years old. And that is Jake Mangum of the New York Mets. Uh, he's a defensive specialist. So, I mean, you could just throw him out there with Christian Pache and say, screw it. But he, he also played like 36, 33, 33 games, I believe, uh, in AAA. He hit well. He had some pop. He has a little bit of speed. He's an interesting guy. Do you think he gets drafted? And would he be, I, I'm not saying what like their first pick, but if they come around a second time and he's still available in the second round of the big league portion, could you see the A's taking a guy like him? I absolutely think Jake Mangum's going to get drafted. He's okay. one of those, just kind of like Henry Bolt. He's that high floor because he plays great defense. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he's he's whatever system he goes to, he's probably going to be the best defensive outfielder in that system. Yeah. Above average runner, above average arm, uh, can stick in center field without a question. And so 
With Christian Pache there in Oakland, I don't know if there's room for a second in essence, yeah. Christian Pache. Now, he hit better in AAA. Like you said, it was like 333, 365, 471. Uh, the, the power has never really been part of his game. I think that's probably one of the highest slugging percentages he's had in his entire minor league career. It's reassuring that it happened in AAA. The question is, over 33 games, is this small sample size yeah. or is this he made some sort of adjustment? Uh, because, I mean, he hit two home runs in 36 games in AA beating Hampton, two home runs in 33 games in AAA Syracuse. Mm-hmm. How much of that is park factors? How much of that is adjustment? How much of that is sample size? But if he's around the second time, which I don't think he will be, uh, he's worth, if nothing else, he's worth going out and getting because you can trade him to someone else. There was mm-hmm. probably four or five teams I can think of right now, the Marlins one that, that, that hit me, that need a center fielder pretty desperately. And he would fit in right away. So even if Oakland doesn't want to take him because you don't want to duplicate the Christian Pache, great defense, low offense situation, Mm -hmm. there are definitely teams who could use him. And I think that he would get taken by the second, the second go around. He also doesn't strike out a lot, which is something that the A's have seemingly been going after a little bit more of late. And so that also adds to the intrigue of him potentially coming to the Oakland A's. I don't know that they necessarily need to be taking offensive players because they have plenty of minor league free agents to go after for that. Uh, uh, and then, you know, Aaron Judge. It's going to be Aaron Judge and minor league free agents around the diamond. It's going to be uh, 2023 is going to be a blast. <laughs> you've got, I mean, you've got plenty of plenty of salary space for it. Yeah, so much salary space. We could pay Aaron Judge $70 million a year if we wanted to and still be under $100 million. <laughs> Anyways, uh, is there anybody else that's on your radar in the Rule 5 draft that might might not go to the A's, but just just to keep in mind as somebody who you're like, that guy's going to stick and he's going to be okay? Yeah, so so Eric Miller is a lefty for the Phillies. uh, Fastball, change-up, slider guy. And he's had, he's not really, his issue hasn't necessarily been walks. His issue has been uh, health. He, he hasn't been available, and health is a skill somewhat. You can't necessarily train it or work it, but health is a skill. And Eric Miller's somebody that he does have some strike-throwing issues. A lot, of, a lot of prospects do, but his main issue has been health, and the stuff is good enough where I absolutely think he's going to get taken. Somebody that's talked about a lot for the Rule 5 draft that I don't think is going to get taken despite what you hear a lot is right-hand pitcher Gyro Iarte of the Padres. Mm-hmm. His name comes up all the time, and I understand why. The tools are incredibly appealing. Uh, he looks very, very good. But for his career, he's got a hundred and hundred and a third innings in A ball, and he's never been above that. And so, the major league portion of the Rule Five Draft that is a ex- huge jump to make. I don't necessarily think he might go. Now, in the minor league portion of the Rule Five Draft, there is a very real possibility that someone takes him and says, "Yeah, we can stick him in Double A for a year. That is fine." That's probably age-wise getting to be where he needs to be anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so major league portion of the Rule 5 draft, no. But minor league, Jaro Iarte is probably getting taken by somebody and stuck into double A. I'm intrigued. I, I, I definitely had him on my list, and I was like, he, he's not going to make it uh, for the, the, the big league portion, but minor league portion, I like it. And uh, people mm-hmm. were worried that Rubio Angeles would be taken uh, in the Rule 5 draft, and I don't think that's necessarily a thing that's going to happen. They're going to stick him on the AAA roster. He's going to be protected. He'll be with the A system. Uh, he was he came over from uh, the San Diego Padres, actually, in the Shamanaya trade. Mm-hmm. He, he looks good. I'm intrigued by him. He's he's safe. 
he's safe, you guys, unless somebody really wants him and sticks him on the big league roster for the entirety of the season. And I don't see that happening because that would be wild. He's 20 years old and has only played in Lansing. So not happening. Yeah. Uh, I mean, love, loved him with the lug nuts. But yeah, it's it's something. There's enough questions there about his eventual defensive home and his speed where I don't think you want to see him make that jump to the big leagues right away. So I think he's going to be safe as well. Now, depending on what he looks like next year in AAA, you mm -hmm. may have a question as far as if you don't protect him again, if you don't add him to the 40-man yeah. roster, then he may get taken. Because he yeah. is, I mean, he is a pure, he is a natural hitter. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think this this portion, you're probably okay. All right, so... With that, uh, for the audio people, we're going to break. But for the YouTube people, we're transitioning straight over to the 2023 draft. Uh, I, I don't follow the draft terribly closely, like the prospects coming up. I follow them once they get drafted because uh, the mm -hmm. A's are usually they, – because they're so good at winning so often that they don't usually get to pick so high. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't really have a reason to you know pay attention until you know they pick 25th or whatever. Um, so – who, who who's at the top of the draft for 2023 and who should uh, the A's be targeting? They've been going after uh, position players in the first round of late. Uh, we don't know where they'll be drafting necessarily. They got a 16 and a half percent chance to land the top spot, uh, but they could also be drafting eighth. So somewhere between one and eight, uh, where, where could the A's be going in the first round? Well, the good news is if you're going somewhere between one and eight, you're probably getting a position player because there's I, I have maybe two pitchers in the top 10 right now. Uh, this is one of the better college classes in a long time. And if you think about it, you're three years removed from the 2020 draft. Mm -hmm. reduced to only five rounds. Yeah. A lot of the later rounds where you saw the prep players go with the larger bonuses were not there at all. So a lot of those prep prospects went to college. So, correspondingly, the college class is very, very good this year. Um, as far as the top pitchers, if you chose to go pitcher, you're looking at either um, Chase Dollander, the righty out of Tennessee. I have been very impressed. I've actually seen him in person. Fastball sits mid-90s. He can run it up to 99. It's got a lot of ride to it, a lot of run, tons of deception from the, from the delivery but he pairs that with a really tight horizontal sweepy slider uh, and a curveball with an occasional changeup. So, pre like premium command, he is by far like the best college pitching prospect in probably the last ten years. Okay, I mean, phenomenal, clear number one. So, if you get the number one pick, there's a very good chance Chase Dollander is the guy, barring some sort of catastrophic injury at Tennessee this year. All right. Um, if it's a pitcher and it's not him, you're probably looking at Rhett Louder from Wake Forest. I have a little bit of hesitation on Wake Forest, guys. You have one in the system in Ryan Cusick. Simply because, and this is not a knock on those guys, simply because Wake Forest is so good at developing their pitchers and getting, you know, getting everything out of them they possibly can, that it's hard to project a lot of additional improvement from them in the bigs. It's kind of the opposite of the University of Florida. A pitcher coming out of the University of Florida, and there's one that's right outside the top, top 10 in Hurston Waldrop. Uh, you can absolutely expect them to pick up additional velo, get better with their pitches. The Guardians keep taking pitchers from Florida, and people from Florida <laughs> think that the Guardians like them. It's like, no, we don't think you do a good job developing pitchers. That's why we're taking them. We can make them better. Um, but if it's a position player, uh, it's a couple SEC guys you're looking at. You're looking at Dylan Cruz from LSU. He's played all over. He's played third base. He's played outfield. I see him as a right fielder. 
Uh, tons of power to him. He's he a little susceptible to elite level stuff. And there's a lot of college prospects. You don't always face elite level stuff, especially with the state of college pitching last year. Mm-hmm. So, but just very good. Has um doesn't strike out a lot. Walks a ton. Again, the power is good. The arm is plus. Why so have him in right field? And then if you're looking for a, a, an infielder, we talked about kind of a need for infielders in this system. Shortstop Jacob Gonzalez of Old Miss is going to be just about a no-doubt shortstop unless he outgrows the position. Uh, defensively can make all the plays, both both the routine and the highlight ones. It's especially good moving to his backhand side, making plays in the hole, which is tough for a lot of guys to do. And then on offense, tons of contact. Most of his power is pull power right now, so a little bit of development you have to do there. Uh, but tons of contact ability for him combined with very, very good defensive ability gives him a high floor, even if he ends up not hitting for a ton of power. I like it. Uh, I'm very intrigued. And I mean, with, with the college class and where the A's kind of are in the rebuild, it kind of, for me, I think makes sense for them to go after a college bat because um, mm-hmm. they already got Geloff and Soderstrom and Waldachuk and Langoliers and a, a few others. You know, Jordan Diaz, who's another guy that I'm intrigued by at the very least. Uh, he's a good pure hitter as well. And with the timeline of how the A's usually go with things, you want somebody who can get there a little bit faster, and that would be a college bet. Uh, so yeah. I, that, that's where I'm sitting. <laughs> I think that uh, I think I'm sitting college bats. You take your pick. Uh, who knows who will be around when the A's end up drafting, but uh, I, I'm very intrigued in the draft this year, and I'm going to be hounding you so often about just like little tidbits. I'm like, give me something to say for the show. Who are the yeah. A's taking? <laughs> if, you, like, if you don't watch college baseball, this like, and you're an A's fan, this is maybe the season to watch college baseball yeah. just because they're such good players, and you're going to have your pick of so many of them. We'll know more in December which spot you're going to pick in. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a recurring thing throughout the spring as these guys have one more season to see who moves up and down. But I, I love the hitting. The, pitching's, the college pitching's behind the college hitting but I absolutely love the college hitting in this class. There's just, there's tons of guys. They're not all SEC guys. I know what it sounds like from the names I gave. Uh, They're not all SEC guys, but there's just a ton of hitting here. I mean, there's, there's infielders, there's outfielders. The one spot where I'm a little questioning this, this college class is catcher. Not a concern for you. So you're good. That's fine. That's fine. We got so many friggin' catchers. It's great. We're going to trade one this off season. And we're going to talk about that here in a second on YouTube. But uh, before we do, thank you so much for listening to Locked On A's and making Locked On A's and Locked On MLB Prospects your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts like the two of us. And uh, you can get insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. So uh, basically, wherever you're listening to this, uh, go follow Locked On Sports Today and Locked On MLB Prospects. But Lindsay, thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of your day. And uh, where can the people find you? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can send your, your mailbag questions in to either me, the show, or email us, lockedonmlbprospects at gmail.com. We do mailbags every single Monday. 
All right. And for me, uh, you know, follow Locked On A's wherever you like to hear podcasts. Definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel because that thing is whoo, blowing up. 500 something subscribers. Let, let's keep going to 600 something, guys. Um, also, you can follow Locked On A's on Twitter as long as it exists and uh, Instagram as well at Locked On A's. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And uh, that, that's it for that. So, uh, Lindsay, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. No worries. 